Blog Talk Radio. to There's a Rock for That. I am your host, Mary Brown, coming to you live from Amarillo, Texas. And this is going to be a fun, fun, exciting show today. We've got all kinds of things in store for you. We have a wonderful guest. We're going to try a new divination technique, well, a very ancient divination technique with a really great I don't even want to give it away yet. I'm not even going to tell you yet. Let me get some housekeeping out of the way. Of course, you know, I'm sure you are listening to the Psychic Talk Radio Network. We are also available on the Tarot Guild website, thetarotguild.com. And you can listen to the show and join us in the chat room there by going to thetarotguild.com forward chat and this show as many of our shows are are all sponsored by the tarot guild the international organization for tarot lovers students and professional readers since 2004 visit the tarot guild at www.thetarotguild.com and if you haven't joined our psychic Talk Radio Network Facebook group, you need to join it. I post a card every week in there, and there's all kinds of cool information. It's a terrific way to keep up with what's going on, what we have going on. We have a lot going on on the Psychic Talk Radio Network. Great shows, great hosts, great guests, great topics. You don't want to miss that. Go to psychictalk.net forward slash Facebook. We have a page and a group. Like the page. Join the group. Join the conversation. And the card I posted there today comes from the Great Eastern Oracle by the Great Rasuli. <laughs> and the message is such a beautiful card featuring Rasuli's artwork. And the message is to cherish every moment. Let Spirit carry you forward. And this is really a call for us to to be more spontaneous and and live to the fullest by making every moment count. So that's something to, to practice anytime, but why don't you try it today? Just today. Just for today. Cherish every single moment of today. The good, the bad, the wonderful, the sad, whatever it is and find something to cherish about it and and just let me know if you if you tried that little exercise and and what the experience was like for you i'd love to hear about it because i think i think something interesting happens when we choose to do that when we try to appreciate every moment regardless of you know whatever judgment we may have or whether it's a good experience a bad experience whatever there's always something in our experiences for us to learn from and to grow from and our crystal of the month is lapis lazuli an ancient ancient stone probably one of the oldest um Oldest, I would say oldest of the opaque gemstones uh, from history. I mean, we're talking more than more than 6,500 years old. I think that's maybe the the, the furthest back we we have, like you know, dating of it, like from archaeological finds, that kind of thing. It's a deep, deep blue stone that includes these tiny flecks of mica, and you know. Sometimes it can look like a, there's a night full of stars there, and it's probably, well, the most well-known source of lapis lazuli comes from the mountains of Afghanistan, or what is now uh, Afghanistan. And 
the stone's name comes from two different cultures, which I always found interesting. Lapis is a Latin word meaning stone. And lazuli comes from the Persian word lazuard, meaning blue. And the interesting thing about it is, like, it's not an element. It's not a mineral. It is a rock containing multiple minerals. So you have lazurite in it, you have diopside in it, you have calcite, pyrite, even even more. There's references to it. Biblical scholars believe that the references in the Old Testament to sapphire were actually talking about lapis lazuli because, you know, what we know to be sapphire today was not known uh, in the Middle East before the Roman Empire. Um, but there's so many wonderful things. It is really considered a very, oh, you know, it's so funny, um, a very spiritual stone. And, and not because, oh, not because, you know, me or, you know, some new age book about crystals tells you, oh, this is a very stone or something. We're talking like going all the way back to the Sumerians who believed that the spirits of their gods lived within the stone. And while ancient Egyptians um, saw it as a symbol of the night sky, so we're going way, way back into antiquity. Uh, how we look at it today um, is really interesting. You know, there's some beliefs that it wards off evil. Um, there's, you know, some people that believe that it's very good for you know, enhancing our psychic abilities, using it on the third eye chakra. Some people use it for healing, for headaches and anxiety and even skin disorders. So I wanted to share that with you. Explore lapis lazuli if you if you haven't yet, either, you know, get yourself a, a nice little piece of it. Like we say a lot on this you know, show it doesn't have to be like the most expensive, most gigantic piece of stone. Um, and if you already have some, you know, pay a little more attention to it. Uh, just just for this month, okay? Just this month and then see what comes of it. And again, let me know if you have an incredible experience with Lapis Lazuli. I would love to hear about it. Okay, okay. Now, let's Get all right. Today's show, I'm so excited because I have someone who's been a guest on this show before, uh, one of my favorite people, and that is Mr. James Rickliff. And let me tell you a little bit about him. Um, he calls himself a fortune helper, not a fortune teller. And I love that because, <laughs> you know, and I'm going to ask him about that because I'm sure we want to know a little bit more about how how he came up with that. Um, and he he's written some really wonderful books. He's written some really written. He's created some really wonderful decks and written the books to go with them. Um, you might be familiar with him um, from books like Tarot Reading Explained, uh, which used to be called Tarot Tells the Tale, which is, seems like a classic because I hear so many, I can't tell you how many times over the years that book has been recommended to me, um, but it's now been re-released as Tarot Reading Explained. Um, he had another book, Tarot Spreads, Get the Whole Story. He did the Tarot of the Master's deck, which is gorgeous. I have that one, and I love it, and the book that goes with it. And he, he he's amazing. He did RWS 2.0, Pithy Tarot, and Pithy Tarot app. Um, you can find him on Facebook by just going to Facebook, um, James Rickliffe Tarot and Pithy Tarot, and you can also follow him on Twitter. He is Ask Nighthawk on Twitter, and that's Night with a K, like, you know, the dudes on the horse. Ask Nighthawk. Anyway, so, and we're going to be talking about my favorite book of his, 
the soul's journey book. And we're going to be doing bibliomancy with it. And and before I just go on and on and on, let's go ahead, James, on to talk about it, too. <laughs> Hi, James. How are you? Welcome to There's a Lot to That. Hey, Mary. Thank you for having me on your show. I'm excited to be here. Oh, yay. <laughs> I'm so excited <laughs> you're here. And it's so it's such a treat. It's such a treat to to get to talk to you a little bit before we get into the whole bibliomancy and, and all of that that I'm so excited about. I know so many people are excited to, to learn about it. But it's such a treat for me to get to talk to you about the Soul's Journey book that you wrote. And just it's been, mm-hmm. it, it's really one of my favorite books. It's just so lovely. And, you know, can you tell people a little bit about how did that even come about? Because it's a tarot book, but not not entirely. Like tarot is a thread mm-hmm. in it. I feel like it's so much more. I don't know if that's a good way to describe right. it. How do you think of it? Yeah. I think of it as a book about spirituality. <clears throat> it's talking about the soul's journey, meaning your spiritual journey. Um, first, let me talk about why I wrote it. Originally, it was a series of blog posts. And I was writing those blog posts because I needed this information. I, I felt that mm. I really needed something to help me on my spiritual journey. Okay? <clears throat> so how I mm-hmm. wrote the blog posts was two different ways. I wanted to relate it to, to tarot cards. Being a tarot reader, you know, it kind of meshed it together. And I, I thought, okay, how do the individual cards uh, relate to your spiritual journey? Okay? And I came up with two different ways of doing that and ultimately in a different sense, one way of doing it. Let me talk about the two different ways of doing it. One was I would just contemplate one of the cards and just see what came to me as far as what it, had, what it said about our spiritual journey. The other way was while I was doing this, I was reading a lot of, and still do, um, very spiritual kind of books. And so I would come to passages in them and I'd go, oh, wow, this really seems like the, you know, whatever card, you know, the Queen of Cups, mm. the Ace of Wands or the Fool card or whatever, you know, it, I'd say this re- and so then I would say, okay, I'm going to start from that passage and considering that card and just write something about that and post that, you know, for the card. And... Yeah. So that's you know the, the two pronged approach for having material for for the blog posts, which then of course I accumulated into re-edited and created the book. But the overarching way that I wrote it, I think you could say, is that to a large extent, I just sort of channeled it. Okay. Mm. It you know there's so much of it that as I was writing it, I'd write it and I'd go whoa, where did that come from, you know? Um, <laughs> and and this is the only one of my books that I continually reread. Um, there's over 300 little essays, spiritual essays in it attached to, you know, the various cards. And I will read one per day. And when I'm done with that, I'll turn around and start over and just read one per day. So it's sort of like a day book. Uh, you know, and, wow. and as I'm reading it, as I'm reading it, sometimes I read it and I go, whoa, where did that come from? Again, you know, <laughs> did I say that? You know, did that? And, and so it really felt like and feels like that I channeled it. But again, you know, why I wrote it was I wrote it for me because I realized that I needed this. And then as I was doing that, I was, I was thinking, wait a minute, <laughs> I don't just need this. Everybody needs this. And that's why I then turned it into, into the book. So does that kind of make sense of the, where yeah. this book came from? It, it really does. And that's so fascinating because it's like you, 
you had a journey with it. it you know, mm-hmm. it, and also I wanted to ask you, like, those moments, you know, in the, in the things where you're like, where did that come from? Um, mm-hmm. Is it the influence of, of reading, you know, spiritual things? Do you think that has an impact? Like, does it influence us? Like, did you feel as mm-hmm. you're, you know, going through this whole thing and even just starting with the blog post, it's like you, you find this thing and, and like, oh, okay. And then, and then you make that sort of connection to one of the cards. Mm-hmm. Do you think it would have ever made it? Would you have been able to do that? Say, say you didn't read, you know, spiritual writing, you know, mm-hmm. you know, for your own reasons and mm-hmm. I mean I don't think it's the kind of book that you could write any other way I don't think you could just <gasps> be like do to do to do I'm just going to write this great spiritual book you know yeah. without having the thing going on <laughs> yeah there, there's two answers to that one is if I had never read any sort of spiritual books I would not be the kind of person who would have even it would have even occurred to 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 write this book mm. okay second of all though all the things that i've read have kind of gone into my head you know and and it's it's like there's yeah. this huge file cabinet in the back of my head and and so a lot of the stuff is coming from there and it's like uh you know the my higher self however you want to put that then would sift through that and say, oh, here's here's some information that that you read, yeah. or is it that my higher self is just coming up with stuff that you know that is coming from the ultimate source, you know, if you want to call it God or the you know the yeah. universe or whatever yeah. you want to call it, you know. So it's it's hard yeah. to tell exactly where that's coming from, but I think that doing all the readings of of various spiritual kind of books um, put me in a place that I was able to um, understand this. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's so fascinating because I because I, I think that that's the that's, that's it's like that elusive sort of thing, you know. And I think it happens with uh, you know spiritual books of all all different flavors, right? Where mm-hmm. yes. sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, some sometimes the the way that they're written, um, you know, it's not so easy to, uh, you know, interpret. Like it's almost like they <laughs> yes. sometimes writing can happen on different levels. And so I think like, well, you know, sometimes though we may not feel like okay, we really are getting this. I'm thinking of like Zen cones and things like that sometimes where you're like, okay, I have to really keep thinking about it. But yeah, then the influence somehow winds up being there. It's like we get it without Mm -hmm. knowing we get it. Mm -hmm. And I I kind of, yeah, go ahead. that, 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 That actually reminds me of something else is one of the things that I wanted to do with this book was make this sort of spiritual stuff, um, information or however you want to put it, accessible. Because there are a lot of books that are very deeply spiritual that if you're not really far along on the journey, it doesn't make any sense, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I wanted to, to make it at a level that it's accessible to people just starting out mm. on, on this journey. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also, yeah, then, and going, I, back to, going back yeah. to another of your questions when you're asking how I would phrase this book in terms of tarot, um, I think that it is primarily a book about spirituality and tarot secondarily. That tarot is sort of just mm-hmm. the the coat rack on which I put the coat, you know. Um, yeah. But but I really wanted to to explore 
spiritual messages of the cards because I think that that's not been given nearly enough um, enough of its due in in this the tarot literature. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, I, yeah. First and foremost, though, I think that it's a spiritual book. I could go through it and take out all the references to tarot cards and still have a great spiritual book that's just plain, you know, a spiritual book. Yeah, I think that that added flavor of the tarot. Well, and, you know, and I think it's so helpful, too, because I was thinking about that. You know, and you're right, there isn't much, um, you know, and it's strange too, but like in the tarot books that are, that are out there and, you know, keep coming out the, down the pipeline, um, there isn't a lot of focus on spiritual meanings of the cards. And yet, mm-hmm. you know, it's, there's a lot of repetition of all the other stuff. And mm-hmm. it's like, how many times does somebody yeah. have to write the same keywords down? You know, like, really? Really? 5,000 yeah. books, you know, wasn't enough for <laughs> the same mm-hmm. thing, you know? But it's like that plus also, here's what, here's what I see happening is that not all readers, right? You know, because we, we, we are a mini splendored <laughs> group, you know, just in general, you know, people have all their different styles and stuff, mm. but I have seen a lot of readers that are like, you know, I want to give, you know, more uplifting and more spiritual messages when I do my reading. And so what mm-hmm. do they do? They don't look for spiritual meanings in the cards. They go get an angel card oracle. Or or something else, oh. you know, that's like, okay, and here's how I throw in the spiritual flavor. You know, here's your card mm-hmm. at the end of my reading. Uh-huh. Ta-da, I put uh-huh. a spiritual uh-huh. button on it. And I and uh-huh. I think that, you know, it would serve serve most readers, any reader that wants to have that kind of reading that they give, like that's the style that they're developing is giving more of a spiritual uh message reading. I think it would serve them well. Um, to to get your book, I think so too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about not just you know we we gave it its due as a spiritual book as a tarot book, but I have used it for bibliomancy, and yeah, you have to right. And so we just we need to tell people who aren't familiar. What exactly bibliomancy is, and you yeah. know, look, it's it's gotta be, and I, you know, I can't prove it, right? But I think as long as there was writing, I would guess that there was some form of bibliomancy happening. You know, it's one mm-hmm. of the the oldest forms of of divination, and you know, used in so many different ways. You know, even in, mm-hmm. you know, many religions around the world, one thing that I found that I thought was really interesting was in Judaism, right? There's, um, there's this, there's this thing called the Chuhan Arok. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Um, but in it, they say it is not a sin to divine an answer using, um, the Goral which was the Goral at the time. Um, I mean, it was the practice of opening up um, this book, the Shubash, to see an answer to a question. And another mm-hmm. thing that they would do that was also a form of bibliomancy was asking a child for the first piece of scripture that came to their mind. And I thought, mm-hmm. well, that's a, that's a crazy way to do Bibliomancy, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, you know, you yeah. want an answer, you go up to a kid, but Christians have used the Bible for years. Uh, in the Middle Ages, they used Virgil's uh, Aeneid, and, you know, that became kind of a, a common thing in Europe. In Iran, um, they used the Divan of Hafiz, you know, the, the mystic poet. 
and and mm-hmm. other books as well, you know, and it's just like it goes on and on in so many different cultures. You know, what about you and your experience with bibliomancy? Because I've used your books for it, and I've used other books for it, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Do, do you think tarot readers, is it a natural for us to do this? Well, I think that, that, yeah, I think that as tarot readers, we are used to (coughs) using something for, to get answers, okay? If you're using the cards, it's called cartomancy, okay? Mm. And and so with that, you you just randomly deal a card. Bibliomancy is very similar. You take a book instead of a deck of cards, you randomly open it up to a given passage, and you use that. So the the actual process is very similar. It's just a little different because you're using a book instead of a card. Um, in terms of the actual process, I know there are various different ways of doing that. The way that I do it is I just sort of open the book at random, kind of, you know, riffle the pages or something until t- I get to a, a a place, and then just kind of with my eyes closed, point, and and there, you know, that's that's the passage to use. <clears throat> I know that you you said that there's something. Uh, there are other ways that that you've heard of to yeah. be able to to do that. So that yes, you, you know, know randomly really opening it up is the way I do it. It's the easiest way. I think randomly opening it up and putting your finger on it, and there's other ways of doing it, like where you take dice, you know, because there, there's some books that, you know, and there's some today, not a lot. I bought one recent book that is just designed, you know, for that, and hmm. I, I, I don't know. I don't know about that book. I, I'm going to have to buy a different book and see. <laughs> You know, it just wasn't, it just didn't really resonate with me all that well. So I won't even mention the title. I can't remember the title, but it's, it's just, if you have, um, you know, these books of bibliomancy that, that were designed, were designed with numbers that would, like the pages would be numbered, but not necessarily in order. It, it wasn't like it started with page one, but you could roll dice, okay, to randomly um, get the page number to come up. And so all mm-hmm. the pages would have numbers that would fit like any possible dice roll. So that's a, that's another way to do it too. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I what I've noticed though, looking at all those things, it's really, and, and it's kind of like the way we shuffle and, and cut cards, right? It's that trying to um, create the random draw you know and mm-hmm. it's, just, it's yeah. the same with the book but you know and yeah. you know and some some people were very specific about you know you have to like you know put the book on its spine you know assuming it's a mm-hmm. hardcover book and let it mm-hmm. just like fall open you know and just the first thing that your eye catches but I kind of feel like there's no wrong way to do it yeah yeah I mean uh, my problem with, with that one about putting it on the spine is that for me, if I put the book on the spine, it's probably just going to tip over and not and sort of open up. You have to kind of help it a little bit to to just right? yeah. instead of just tipping over. Yeah, but, I think they must have had like I, really really large books yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, and I I think that. As long as your intention is is pure with doing this, um, that's what's more important. You know, that you're yeah. opening yourself up to this, and I think that the universe can work with you. You know, the, the universe does not require you to follow you know strict rules that somebody um, came up with. Yeah, you know, I think that the universe is a little Ooh. bit uh, better able to to work with you on this. So. Oh, I like that. That's that. You said a lot with yeah. that right there. <laughs> you know. Mm. Oh my gosh. But but yeah, and the thing that I think makes 
this whole journey book so good for bibliomancy is that you don't land on something like, you know, weird. I mean, there's, you know, Mm -hmm. some of these books like the Aeneas, it's some weird stuff in there that like, if you point to a certain passage, you're like, Oh, this is where I'm shipwrecked. Uh Oh, you know, or a dragon, you know, you know, I forget what all is in the Aeneas. I don't think there's a dragon, Uh, but the Bible has some crazy things. Yeah, I mean, a lot of that stuff that you're talking about, you could just say, well, this is some weird stuff if I were to take it literally, but if I take it figuratively or, you know, the symbol. You know, like a the metaphor. There, yeah, then then it might. Um, the, I mean, the, the Bible is probably the most commonly used book for bibliomancy, um, but the problem mm. there is there are some things like the the begats part of it where, you know, Joe begat, John oh, yeah. begat. You know, it's like, well, huh. yeah. Okay. It's like, what <laughs> do I do with that? Applicable. Yeah. Yes. I got to do some begatting. <laughs> but, but, yeah, and, you know, what's funny is I, you know, there was one point, you know, where I had, you know, I was on a road trip and I, and I was reading your book. I had it with me and, mm-hmm. You know, big changes were going on in my life, and it was just a sense of, like, I was thinking of, like, all the things, all the things that were different, all the things that would have to change, all the things I'd have to deal with. I'm like, how am I going to deal with it all? You know, because it was Mm -hmm. going from, you know, kind of us, like, you know, having our life and everything to, you know, moving to a different state to take care of people that were dying you know, family members, and I, I was sort of overwhelmed mm. by the prospect, you know, and, um, and I tried some bibliomancy with the soul's journey, and I just want to share this with you, because it's not, it's funny, because it's not one of the spiritual quotes, right? Mm-hmm. Instead, it was something that you wrote, and this was on the um, Seven of Wands, right? And Okay. You have a great quote on the Seven of Wands from Swami Prabhupada. I cannot say his name, but some Swami. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. We could be here all day trying to pronounce that. But what I landed on was this. So, you know, I have all that stuff in my head, everything that's changing, everything that, you know, new responsibilities, things I'm going to have to deal with and learn to do and try to do my best mm-hmm. at. In the the paragraph I landed on, you wrote, uh, in the line above it says, it helps to keep in mind a few questions. Is this a real problem? Is it important? Is it something worth fighting about? Or am I just defending my pride? And it just stunned mm-hmm. me. And I kept that. You know, I kept that the first few mm-hmm. months here like everything that came up, I'm like, is this a real problem? Am I just, mm. you know, I mean, it just was so helpful. Is this important? Is this worth fighting over? You know, I, I mean, it just somehow that really guided me. So I want to thank you for that. Oh, well, you're very welcome. I'm, I'm always happy to hear that people have found things in my book that, that really helped them. Yeah, and it's funny because it wasn't, you know, it wasn't one of these great spiritual gurus. It was, well, maybe it is. It was you. Guru <laughs> <laughs> <Uber> James. <laughs> but what, what about you using the book for bibliomancy? And... Mm-hmm. Um, well, recently um, I've been having problems with, one of my neighbors who's a very annoying troublemaker kind of person. Um, and so I thought, okay, um, how can I deal with this difficult neighbor? You know, he's, he's a troublemaker and I keep getting triggered by him. You know, I mean, he just likes to stir yeah. the pot and, and stuff, you know? Oh, so one of those. I, yeah. So I opened uh, the soul's journey, you know, just randomly opened it. 
Um, in case anybody has it there and they want to look at it, it's on page 177. Um, it brought me to an essay for the Ten of Cups titled Love Everyone Near and Far. Okay. And let mm. me read what it says. Um, yeah. It starts, out, it starts out with a quote that says, your home should be the center and not the boundary of your affection. So it says that the number 10 reduces numerologically to the number one, which indicates self. So it may be seen as an indication of a higher level of self, such as community. Thus, since the suit of cups is associated with love and relationships, the Ten of Cups asks us to consider questions like, do I understand my relationship with my community? Do I realize that at a deep spiritual level, I am one with my community? Do I have unconditional love for the people around me, from my family to my local community to the world? That last question is an especially difficult one. Universal love is not an easy reality for most of us. For example, it can be hard to love an unappreciative boss or a disruptive neighbor. But even though your heart may not be there yet, just being mindful of the ideal of loving everyone in your life and of making that your goal can move you in the right direction. Yeah, so first of all, I noted that the fact that actually me. mentions a disruptive neighbor, you know, yeah. <clears throat> that's wow. you know, such an incredible coincidence. But what I especially found interesting was that third question, do you have unconditional love for the people around, do I have unconditional love for the people around me, from my family to my local community, such as my neighborhood, mm-hmm. to the world? Yeah. And I decided to explore that one. Well, I certainly did not have unconditional love for this person. You know, the, the advice yeah. that I saw here was to stop finding ways to be mad at him and aggravated by him and just start finding ways to love him. And that's wow. quite a search, but I figured, you know, since he is flawed, I'm sure, <laughs> like everybody, uh, I'm sure that there, that is a result of injuries to his psyche and I should have compassion mm. about that. I mean, there's a, a Plato quote that I, I like, be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle that you know nothing about. Um, wow. Also, I realize sometimes it's best to love someone from afar. So, right. Um, <laughs> you know, just because you're supposed to love someone does not mean that you have to hang out with them. So conversations right. with his neighbors have always been aggravating. So, you know, I can love him from afar by just avoiding talking to him beyond a pleasant hello, you know, just so that he doesn't, yeah. I don't let him trigger me. But the situation also reminded me of a story that I heard Marianne Williamson tell once. She said that, um, yeah, when I like 30 years ago when I was living in Hollywood, I would go to her talks because she was doing them very, you know, in that, that area. Oh, so yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. She, she said that she had this bad relationship with somebody, just shorthanding this, and that what she decided to do is whenever she got aggravated and, you know, would keep coming up in her head, she would say, I release this relationship to the Holy Spirit. And just sort of use that as a mantra. And she said that after a while, she just stopped being bothered by it and, you know, had a very good experience with that. So that's another thing that, that I realized that I could do whenever, you know, he did start coming up in my head as like, oh, he said this. And why did he say that? You know, just I released this relationship yeah. to the Holy Spirit. Um, and it also suggested that I could include this person in a loving kindness meditation without going into much details. People can look up what a loving kindness meditation is, but it's basically that you repeat, you start with yourself and you say, um, may I be happy? May I be healthy? May I be safe? You know, that kind of thing. And then you, you say the same things about somebody that you, that you love, that, that you're very close to, may 
you know, this person, um, you know, my wife, my husband, my child, or whatever, be happy, be, you know, be safe, be secure, and everything. Oh. And and then you go to a difficult person. Okay, and you say, may this neighbor be happy, may this neighbor be safe, may this neighbor be, you know, secure, and, and so yeah. And then you say it for the whole world. May may everyone be happy, etc. So that's basically what it is. And so it it suggested that I do um, a loving kindness meditation sometimes, which I do sometimes. Um, I do meditation every day, and I just mix it up. And sometimes I do a loving kindness meditation and include this neighbor as the difficult person part of it. Wow. So those are things that came to me and, and. you know, concrete things that just occurred to me that I could do in order to have unconditional love for this person who is um, around me. You know, is it easy? No, but it's a process and that's okay. You know, doing that sort of thing mitigates that sort of aggravation that we have. So that's all that came to me from reading that, that one passage about the Ten of Cups. Um, loving everyone near and far. So that was one example that I have for doing this. Yeah, that's just a beautiful, a beautiful um, way that you, well, what I love about it is, you know, it's, it's the same thing happens with tarot too, right? Where, you know, we we get a card, but in, in this, you know, you read a passage, but it's just like, it's not just reading it. It's like considering it. It's contemplating it. And then <laughs> all these these creative ideas of how to solve the problem, essentially, you know, come to you. And and so I love that because it it is a, it, it shows the practicality of doing divination. Like we're we are trying to solve problems, you know, or we're trying mm-hmm. to get more insight or, we're, you know, it does its things. And we, you, I know, I think you put the word out and, and I put the word out and we got a few questions um, that people sent in for us to try mm-hmm. on the show to get a reading on using your book. And okay. I'm excited about this because you're using, I assume you're using the physical copy and uh-huh. I'm using the copy on my Kindle just, mm-hmm. to, just to show that, like, you know, you can do it. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's really how, fun, how, actually. How, do you, how, how, do how do you, I do it? How do you do that with, with the Kindle? Because you can't just randomly open the Kindle. Well, Yeah, what's so great is this. So this is like a new technique. I don't know if anybody else is doing it. Maybe maybe Mm. we're introducing something brand new here. (laughs) But basically what I do is I pull the book up on my Kindle. And, Uh you know, there's a when you click on the page, you know, your, your whole screen is covered by the page. But if you look at the bottom, there's like a little scrolly thing. It's like a little line that has a dot on it, and you move the dot back and forth to get into different locations in a book. And mm-hmm. so okay. I just kind of like, and it goes really fast, too. You can go from like zero to 100% of the book just with a flick mm-hmm. of your finger. And so I keep mm-hmm. my finger on that while I focus on the question, and then when it just feels like the right time, I release it, and it lands on the page, and I just, like, press it. And wherever I pressed it, that paragraph. Okay. Okay. Cool. It's so, so fun. <laughs> yeah. So you got a question from somebody, right? No, you did. You got a couple of them when we were talking. A couple of questions from people that that we might use. Oh, yeah. And, and so I wanted, I thought it'd be good to, to discuss one of them. Um, and the, the question that you said that somebody put in was, what is the image of the creator? And yeah. what they were talk, talking about is, you know, the, the Bible says we are made in the image of the creator. And so I thought, 
a, a little way to to alter this somewhat is to say, put the question this way: If, as the Bible says, we are made quote in the image of the Creator, what does that mean? Mm. Oh, I like that. Okay. Yeah, so I thought we could we could do that. So, do you want to do your your thing with the Kindle, or would you like me to use the physical book to come up with something? I don't know. <laughs> oh, why, why don't you Why don't you go ahead and do it with the Kindle, just because that's something you know new and different and, and um, yeah, you know, an innovative way of doing this, and and of course, starting now, everyone's going to be doing this. They're going to say, "I've heard this yeah. on, <laughs> on Mary's yeah. podcast." And so why don't you do that? We're going to make you, it popular. You for that. That's right. And you're thinking about the wow. question, and what did you yeah, come up with? and I just landed on something crazy. This <laughs> is wild. It says, "Okay, what will when I, we understand?" I'm, I am on. Let's see what 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 is this? This is wow. This is heavy duty. It's one of the things on under the devil card. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. And the part that I landed on here says this illusion of being separate from other people allows us to treat them in ways that are sinful. And the illusion that we are separate from the divine is the source of suffering that hell represents an agonizing separation from mm. divine grace. But when we understand that we are all connected, we see that whatever we do to others, we do to ourselves. And when we recognize our connection with the divine, we are delivered from suffering. That's wild mm. that, mm-hmm. uh, that comes up on this question. Yeah, And so... Yeah. If it means that, you know, okay, so what does it mean that we are created in the image of the creator? It means that we are not separate from the creator. Right, right. I mean, I I don't think that when the Bible says we're made in the image of the creator, that that means that God looks like like a person. Yeah. 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 yeah, I think that that's wow. very limiting in terms of your understanding of, of God. Um, I think that what it's saying then, what this is saying to me is that knowing that we are in the image of the creator means that we are part of, you know, we are you know, essentially, yeah. you know, are connected to uh, to the divine. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What, yeah. what do you think? I think so. I, I mean, I'm just so, I'm like, I'm like shocked. Like mm-hmm. it came up on that question and then that just, that really answers it, you know, in like mm-hmm. a deep way. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because I think that yeah. just the question itself is coming from a point of, of separateness. You know, like, I'm sure, mm-hmm. you know, the person that asked it was kind of like, okay, you know, kind of thinking along, you know, what you said, like, you know, does it mean God looks like me or I look like God yeah. or what's going on here? But no, it's yeah. really about the connection. It connects us. I love that. Mm-hmm. That's wild. <laughs> That's what I think. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. stuff here. So let's try another one. (laughs) Okay. And you had a question. Yeah. um, I had kind of prepared one that we could do on the show, and I did a little bit of it. Um, The the question is, how to stay sane in a world that seems to be going insane? Yeah, I mean, you have so many 
you know, crazy stuff, you know, you know, from things like Russia invading, um, invading Ukraine and, and threatening nuclear escalation if in the Baltics if Sweden and Finland join NATO and stuff like that to it's things crazy. like how how people um, have responded to the threat of COVID or global climate yeah. change. And and so, you know, I mean these are big things and, and and people are just there's just this insane kind of responses to it. So how to stay sane in a world that seems to be going insane. Okay. So yeah. I thought, okay, we can, we can do this one on the show. And, and so I wrote it down on it. This is so funny. I wrote it down on a piece of paper and then just kind of randomly opened the book and put it in just so that I'd have it in the book. And then I realized I just did bibliomancy. I just randomly opened oh, the wow. book. Oh, wow. You know? Yeah, and, and that's so, another method. So you created another method. Just randomly, you know, accidentally doing it. I'm, you know, not accidentally, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and so where I put it was on page 112. That's for in the section for um, the Ace of Wands. And the part that, the place that it came into was, you know, because I put it there and then I did, you know, my close your close your eyes and put your finger down. Yeah. And I can read this to you. It's a section called A Higher Purpose. Yeah. Many people erroneously think that being on a spiritual path means retreating from our responsibilities in life, but that is far from the truth. Our higher self, our connection to the divine oneness of the universe, urges us to strive to be the best person we can be in the here and now and to do what's right with confidence, determination, and vitality. All of this is a reminder that our actions, which are, of course, performed here on the earthly plane, can have a higher purpose when we allow divine inspiration into our lives. Okay, so, you know, first let's start with that. And, and um, yeah. what do you think? What do you think of that? I think that, I mean, I, it just seems like right, you know, it's like when you think of the question, you yeah. know, it, it's like, I think that it's, it's really, you know, all the insanity, you know, that the, the we see going on. Yeah, if we don't have a, a sense of a higher purpose, it's almost like you get, you know, like you get cooled down into like the swirling going down the toilet, you know, <laughs> like, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah that has, it's almost like that's our life raft in a sense to have a higher purpose. Yeah. Yeah, what it what it calls to mind for me because it talks about um, you know um, uh, strive to be the best person you can be and do what's right. It called to mind the quote that has been attributed to whether it actually was or not um, uh, Gandhi: "Be the change you want to see mm-hmm. in the world." Yeah. And so yeah. it has that sort of advice and how to stay sane in the world that seems to be going insane. You just be the change that you want to see in the world. You be the sanity that you want to see in it. Um, yeah. But then it, it, it like also that. talks about um, allowing our actions to be guided by divine inspiration. And so when, yeah. I, initially, in, when I initially read that, I thought, okay, you know, but where are we you know, how do we get that sort of divine inspiration? So I thought, okay, I will um, uh, do another bit of di- bibliomancy for um, some clarification on that. So I, again, mm. just randomly opened the book. And um, in case people want to follow along, I'm on page 171. Uh, it's regarding the Eight of Cups and... It's the section called Leave Behind Emotional Distress, which I thought was kind of pertinent to trying to stay sane. 
Um, I'm going to read oh, yeah. a couple of excerpts, excerpts from that. Yeah. First, in her, in her book, Who Would You Be Without Your Story? Byron Katie asks someone who's going through a difficult and painful experience this question. If that were your only way to God, would you take it? As Katie points out, one way to consider a difficult situation is to realize that everything can be a path to the divine, and all problems may be considered grist for the mill. This is a sentiment we also see in the following quote from Elizabeth Kugler-Ross. Quote, there are no mistakes, no coincidences. All events are blessings given to us to learn from, end quote. Our problems can be put into can put us into a state of mind where we have no alternative but to surrender. Thus, they may move us to live in the present moment in a state of acceptance instead of living in anger about the past or anxiety about the future. I thought that was very relevant, too. But our problems can move us in this way only if we let them, only if we choose to trust the divine and see the path we are on as our path to God. So I thought that that was very helpful. Just, you know, um, realize that, yeah, things seem crazy, but dealing with this, you know, if this were your, your path to God, would you take it? And of course, you know, so find out what you can learn about it and be open to what you can learn about it. Um, Also the fact that this section is called leave behind emotional distress. Yeah, it's a way to to stay sane is, you know, not be distressed by that, but just realize that, hey, this this is the path that I need to take. But the other really fascinating thing then is after I had read that, once you have this sort of thing in your psyche, in your mind, or in your heart, you start to see more about it in other places. And so just shortly after I had um, done that um, or read that about, you know, leaving behind emotional distress, um, I was reading because I I do a little bit of reading every day also from a book and from other books. And the one I'm reading right now is The Shadow Effect. It has sections by Deepak Chopra, Debbie Ford, and Marianne Williamson. And the part that I read that next day um, is a section by Marianne Williamson. And in case anybody has that book and want to see, it's on page 151. And I read something that I thought was really relevant, and I can read that to you. Yeah. When we are lost in the darkness, our greatest power lies in calling on the Holy Spirit, whose task is to separate truth from illusion. We do this through prayer and through willingness. Quote, I'm willing to see this differently, is a sentence that gives the Holy Spirit permission to enter into our thought systems and lead us from insanity back to the truth. So again, that word insanity is coming up. But Whoa. also, yeah. yeah. But it also gives you, um, gives all of us something concrete to use, and that is when you're dealing with this stuff and you're reading the news or watching the news, and you're going, oh, this is just insane. Just say, I'm yeah. willing to see this differently. I'm willing to see this mm-hmm. differently. And repeat that. I'm willing and to just, see it differently. You know. Yeah. And and oh, that's huge. And that can, that can happen. Yeah. So yeah. Those, those and we should huge. all we should that's all so try good. this. You know, we should all try try that because, you know, it's it's a kind of question. You know, I feel like you know that that question how do how do you stay sane in an insane world? Um, it's kind of applicable to like all of us. Like we may. You know, mm-hmm. see see all the things going on, you know, through our own, you know, maybe different perspectives or, or different perceptions of it, but it's still the weight of it. It's still the craziness of it. It's still all these 
heavy things happening. And if we can just, you know, remember that, you know, mm-hmm. be willing to see it differently. And, you know, man, you know, because it, it is that sense of like, you can drive your, you really can drive yourself crazy, like taking in everything that's happening and not get, releasing from it or, or seeing uh-huh. it in a different light. So, oh my gosh, you know, we have, we have been talking for an hour. It's like it's already mm-hmm. the end of the show. <laughs> it's it, like, it, I want to keep doing this. It flies by. It does. Yeah. Oh my gosh, James, this was so much fun. So much fun. And it was. It was. And then you gotta come back for another bibliomancy episode or something else <laughs> wild that new forms of divination that we're just creating on the fly here. You know, the Kindle method, the slip of paper method. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. Love it, love it, and thanks so much for coming on. It's so much fun to to talk to you, and I know you've got mm-hmm. so many exciting things that you're making, like the rest of your tarot day, Marseille deck, that I can't wait for, and you have to come back for that, too. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I hope so. I've I've done the major arcana. I'm getting a little bogged down on, on doing the minor arcana. Just it's that kind of deck. It's not as exciting as like the Rider Waite Smith to to work on. You know, when you ha- when you don't have pictorial pips, it's like uh, okay, yeah. now draw one sword. Now draw two swords. Now draw three swords. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> You're almost yeah. there. You're almost done with the sword. One more sword. <laughs> well, maybe you should do so some bibliomancy on how do you make it exciting. <laughs> okay. So, you never know. yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. This is great. It's, and um, I, so I, I, hope that this inspi- I hope this inspires people to, to, um, to try oh, this on their own. Get the souls. Yes, and get the Soul's Journey book. You have to get mm-hmm. the Soul's Journey book. And we'll have links on the show page to all of that and in our um, replay posts and stuff, you know, definitely they can find you on Twitter just by mm-hmm. looking for at, at Night Talk and your blog page, yes. your blog page. Look up yes, James Rickliffe's blog. Yeah. JamesRickliffe.wordpress.com. JamesRickliffe, all one word, .wordpress.com. Um, that, you have that link on, the, on your site, right? Yes, we do. Yes, yeah, we and do. From, from, oh, and from, there, from there, people can find, you know, click on products and they can find my books um, and, and go from there. Yeah. Oh, and I'm just looking at the chat room real quick. Pamela Steele's in there. Hey, Pamela. It's Sharona and Dax. And Pamela says, I have the Soul's Journey on Kindle since it's released. It's wonderful. Thank uh-huh. you, James. Aw. Okay, and, 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 and now she knows how to use it for bibliomancy yeah. on her Kindle. Oh. I love it. I love it. And I love you. And I love everybody listening today and <laughs> listening later in archive. <laughs> Thanks so much, James. Bye-bye. Thank you. Goodbye. Awesome. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Oh, I almost forgot. i got to tell you what's coming up on the Psychic Talk radio network this week we've got some great shows our next show is actually going to be tomorrow mother's day may 8th 11 a.m pacific 2 p.m eastern it's the magic universe show with your host sharona rapsic she's going to be talking about auras and doing open lines all show long and free mini readings 
And then after that, our next show's on Monday, May 9th, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. It's the Wisdom of the Soul Show with your host, Janice Fuchs. And that will be followed at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern with Spiritual Guidance Radio with Angelic Channel and Healer Catherine Hahn giving free on-air guidance. And then I'll be back next Saturday, May 14th, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern for the Tarot Today radio show with my co-host, Dax Carlisle, and we have a very special guest on, Raven Digitalis, who is the creator of the Empath Oracle, plus we will be taking your calls for free tarot mini ratings. So that's it. In a nutshell, what's coming up on the Psychic Talk Radio Network, you can find all of that information very easily by going to Psychic talk.net forward slash upcoming. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. And those of you that listen later or listen again, thank you, too. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you.